0: Have Buck Rogers Ray Gun Will Travel. Not far from the melted sand and globs of green trinite at the Trinity site beneath the tower that exploded the first atomic bomb, just across the New Mexico desert sands from the Los Alamos National Laboratories, where invisible weaponry is being developed at an alarming rate is a private company, Consumertronics, which specializes in all things electronic, headed by weapons engineer John J. Williams. The company offers for sale all sorts of VLF, SHF, VHF, ELF devices, and designs for devices to produce a variety of waves. It sells both offensive generators and defensive countermeasures for research purposes only. It is the only company in the world which advertises this kind of expertise. His uh-huh. ads might as well say, have Buck Rogers' ray gun will travel because Williams will travel to your home with a van full of scanners, meters, measurers, and monitors, and tell you what your electromagnetic environment looks like 24 hours a day. All it takes is money. After hearing from half a dozen survivors of EM targeting about this amazing company, I wondered if Consumertronics could be real. I read the letters they'd received from Williams and studied his estimates, some of which were as high as $12,000. Then I called to see what I could learn from him directly. Could all this invisible weaponry and electronic mind control really be happening? If so, would Consumertronics be able to help the EM targeted survivors? From the advertising Consumertronics published, it certainly seemed as if Williams was qualified to build defensive countermeasures or an invisible weapon which could defend or zap your mother-in-law. According to his brief resume, William holds a Master's of Science in Electrical Engineering. His professional career included four years as a weapons engineer for the U.S. Navy and U.S. Air Force and an ongoing period of years as a consultant to departments and agencies he will not mention. He also served as health physicist for the National Institute of Health, senior engineer in electronics design for Lockheed Corporation and has taught college-level computer science for the New Mexico State University. In his copyrighted promotional literature, Williams claims that he has worked for decades as a consultant to people exposed to a variety of electromagnetic frequencies. People, he says, who are plagued by unexplained manifestations. This, he says, makes him the single professional in the world known to him, with such a background in EM, physical, and biological systems, as they interrelate to each other, and with sophisticated and highly specialized equipment and software. Specially developed for investigating this phenomenon. He is the author of a number of writings on the subject, including Killer Watts, X ray to Death, Heal Thyself, Radionics Manual, Electromagnetic Brain Blaster, Biospectrum Analysis, and Under Attack. While Williams called these manuals, many of them are only slim papers. His advertisements look like a page of classifieds includes odd lists of plans and pamphlets with the following titles. Computer Freaking for $39. Analysis Techniques a Manual on Disc for $29. Stealth Technology Fully Described for $29. Fortex Generation Plans for $9. The Silkwood Plans for a Detector of X-Ray and Gamma Rays and Alpha Beta Particles which it fits into your pocket for $14. Phone color boxes designed by Phone Freaks for $29. Secret and Survival Radio, 70 pages of circuit plans and tables for $29. Consumertronics advertises a number of sets of plans for devices which would probably gladden the heart of anarchists and revolutionaries, such as devices which reverse your electric and water meters but the things which interested me more were things which related to Williams' expertise as an individual weapons engineer. Biospectrum analysis covers entire EM spectrum from DC to the near-infrared 0 to 3 GHz, with special emphasis on DC, 50 Hz, 60 Hz, 2.5 GHz, 3 GHz, including 6 LIF bands cites hundreds of studies by researcher data source effects and subject types physical properties and FCC assignment and various bands and signal intensities, frequencies durations duty cycles waveforms and modulations graphic layout of EM spectrum sorted by frequencies tested in biological studies all at your fingertips for nineteen dollars high voltage devices HV devices plans stun gun taser prod, cane, flasher, blaster, zapper, audio RF, radar jammer, Jacob's Ladder, plasma and Vandigoff Gens, fence charger, Geiger counter, ozone generator, fish stunner, plant stimulator, Curlian and more, a shocking $29. Radionics manual, exciting electronic, electric, and electromagnetic, therapeutic, diagnostic, and preventive devices, mostly experimental, history, descriptions, plans, availability of radionics devices from early to modern while drugs cost hundreds electricity cost pennies $29 notice that all the above are either pamphlets or plans to our manuals and discs consumertronics is selling information but Williams the owner also sells his expertise as a consulting service special projects Special projects we design, build, repair, modify, maintain, and or consult on any device, system, process, or project. Electrical, electronic, computer, phone, mechanical, optical, automotive, invention, prototyping, confidentiality, guaranteed. Describes to include $25 pre-engineering free. Does not obligate you. Time and cost estimates 7 to 10 days. And many of the EM targeted survivors have sent in their $25 a simple letter won't get you much except a note written in Williams' unique scrawl, or an estimate if you've sent in your money. What's interested me, more were the costs in the Consumertronics catalog. Under Attack Quote Electromagnetic interference, EMI, and electronic weapons cause inexpressible manifestations. While chemical pollution can often be seen and felt, EM pollution, even when severe, is not seen and is seldom felt. Yet it can cause cancer, particularly leukemia and brain tumors, birth defects, retarded development, psychological and neurological disorders, cardiovascular and immune system failures, hearing and balance dysfunction. The human body consists of mainly biological closed electric circuits, BCECs. EMI and electronic weapons can be destructive to people, pets, livestock, plant life, and equipment includes actual cases, which have been investigated and documented, of attacks on people with EM weapons. There are similarities in specific medical manifestations of these attacks. Some people feel severe medical symptoms. Even when those living with and around them feel nothing or literally unusual, medical exam results were almost always wrong or inconclusive. Some are called foolish, paranoid, or crazy. Police often just laughed in their faces or behind their backs. Also includes how you can tell whether or not you are under EM attack, or how can you pinpoint or source the area of attack and specific countermeasures you can make, all for $29. The EM Brain Blaster, EMBB. Plans for powerful electromagnetic weapons and lab devices include brainwaves and EEGs, Behavioral Conditioning, Mind Control, Brainwashing, and Dreamscaping, Physiological, Psychological, Neurological, neurological, Parapsychological, cytological, Histological Effects, and EMBBs, Brain Anatomy, and Physiology, Positive Stimulations, i.e., Calming, Healing, Pleasure Centers, Arousal, Automatic Learning, Biofeedback, Stimulation Techniques, Optimizing Waveform Frequencies, Modulation, Duty Cycle, and Other Factors, Biological Electromagnetic Properties, dozens of photos and illustrations, a mind-boggling $29. I called the busy engineer to see if he also had time to talk. I was surprised that he did. Williams talked while I took notes for about 45 minutes. I identified myself as the author of Operation Mind Control. Williams hadn't heard of the book, so I had to fill him in on what I was doing. I don't want to pay any words into John's Williams' mouth. He talks rapidly and spilled out a lot of general information. But what he didn't say, the way he didn't say it, is as significant as what he did say. So I'm presenting this pretty much the way it went. The first interview took place on April 6, 1994. The second one took place on November 3, 1994. A few lines were cut because they were garbled, almost all the entire contents of both interviews is reported below. I've talked a lot with people who are describing microwave or ELF or some kind of wave which can be read their mind or implanted voices. Have you heard anything like that? We have been involved in projects that included devices that were implant devices that had some same density as bone that were implanted in spaces between bone so that when CAT scans went through or X-rays were taken, it would appear indistinguishable from bone. It wouldn't show up. Wouldn't there have been some kind of metal or electronic parts? There would be, but a thin type shell that does not cover block X-rays and some of the newer devices that were worked with and have been others worked in are ceramic material. You can't tell them from the bone. They used to be fairly large, but about five years ago, They reduce them in size and you know what the chiclet looks like it's about like that and now they have special equipment which allows them to mold into bone-like structures when you see it on the bench you think you're looking at a piece of bone and then you actually use this to replace a piece of bone and the bone will bind right to it so you're talking about some kind of implant is there no kind of wave phenomena that could pick up somebody's thoughts and have a two-way dialogue to go inside their heads without any implants There are certain cases where people have developed resonance in certain parts of the body, particularly well-known as teeth filling. They can decouple microwave signals, and it acts like a microwave detector in which a person can actually hear radio stations inside his head from the metal in the teeth forming a dystonic type structure. And they could actually hear sounds from a radio station played inside their head. And for some people, it's been very vivid. And just a few years ago, they didn't recognize it. They thought people who had this phenomenon were schizophrenic or crazy or somehow or was imagining it. But now they have been able to tell in most cases it's actually some phenomenon. There's so many of these people who don't know each other who are saying the same things. We get calls all the time. Sometimes we get up to four calls a day about this. How many people would you say you've talked to? Mm, Last year it picked up quite a bit. I'd say probably have been close to 400 people in the last year, on the average of more than one a day. Toward the beginning of this year, there was a period where we were getting eight to ten calls a day from all over the place. Ten years ago, we got maybe a tenth of that. So you're saying that based on the number of calls you've gotten, there's some truth in this claim that people are being targeted by electromagnetic waves of one kind or another. We are absolutely sure that it exists because some of our clients, and I can't discuss that with you, who they are, but we have some pretty high philatus clients that buy our stuff and they don't tell us what they use them for. But some of them, we've developed some stuff I've thought I wish you could show people some of the experiments we've done. You wouldn't believe it unless you saw what we've done. It works. We're absolutely sure it works. We design these systems all the time. We've put up to $100,000 in research just in the last 10 years, and it's always paid for by various entities it's been one of our major thrusts and if not a single person reports this to us we're probably certain that it's happening well how might this be applied if one were going to apply for it there's two basic weapon types one is low frequency and it's just basically uh i can't for proprietary reasons tell you the frequencies i can give you generalizations one is below 20 hertz and it's near field primarily the magnetic component of electromagnetic waveforms is a pretty good sized heavy coil. This has the greatest manifestation and it can kill literally kill a person or completely make them go insane. There's a small group of waveforms that have devastating effects on people. I would think these hearing voices inside the head would make people go insane. So what do you mean a devastating effect? Making a person go into convulsions We've run experiments and we've demonstrated that you can use electromagnetic waves to scramble a person's brain like it was an egg. I mean, uh, completely scramble it. There is, of course, quite a bit of thermal phenomena involved. You mean scramble confusion? No, I mean physically scramble it, cook it. Examination of brain tissue shows that the brain was paraded inside of the head. You open the skull and there's just pure brain that comes out. That takes a pretty strong field to accomplish that but it's achievable anything less than that from a mild confusion and vertigo that's just a near field thing so what's this called it's basically low frequency electromagnetic weaponry there's another technology that involves very high frequency in the gigahertz range it's above 800 MHz. the carrier wave is modulated by certain waveforms which are similar to the native waveforms used in the low frequency but at the high frequency you get real good directionality and it operates similar to a police radar gun. Same size, same directionality and range. The units are slightly larger than radar guns the range is about up to a half mile. They're basically silent. They can be aimed from inside a box or a bag or purse so that the target doesn't even know it's there and it too can have an effect similar to the low frequency one but it's usually not quite as devastating, but it's a lot more focused too. With the low frequency one, even the experimenter can't be in the same area because you can focus it. It just broadcasts it all over in all directions. You have to plant it. Plant it and run away. Like in a burglar alarm system when you're going away on vacation, plant it in your sofas and some idiot will come through the window and triggers it and ends up being a complete basket case by the time you come back. But you better not be there, though. This thing you're talking about, could it make internal organs explode? It could do that. Because it can cause physical rubbing together of the particles of the tissue. It forces the particles to vibrate against each other, so it can be used to do that. We've primarily tested it on the brain, which is a lot softer than any other tissue. So it's a lot more vulnerable to the kind of things that other organs, but I guess If you're going to make it strong enough, you could probably affect things like liver or kidneys. We've also tested it on bone. So, if I was a convicted felon, even though I might not be able to buy my own gun, I could buy many of these weapons as I wanted. There's no law, of course. The kind of a clientele we sell to clearly understands that this is for educational purposes only. We sell it to them they insist sometimes on telling us what they're going to do to themselves afterwards. If Someone came to us and said, hey, I'm a convicted felon, why we're not going to do business with them? But people lie a lot. We can't even know what a person's final objectives are. What would happen if you got to a two-story building and you put this big one below a guy's toilet and you set it up so it triggered when they go into the bathroom? I was thinking of what happened to Paul Wilchner. How quickly would this work? It works within seconds. Could it work through the floors and tile and plumbing and all that? It's diminished to some extent, the low frequency one, if there's some metal structure in the way. But it's usually strong enough to have some impact. So if you wanted to explode somebody's intestines, rupture their spleen, or blow out their colon, uh, you'd set it on a timer or remotely reactivate it. How much time would it take to work? The manifestation time. Now, you're usually talking about something that's usually, but not always, works real fast. There are times, and this is real peculiar with this type of technology, there are times a person will expose to it, and they won't feel the manifestations for minutes, hours, days, or even weeks. Sometimes even months or years after the initial exposure, and then suddenly they get hit by it. And there's other people, there's other exposures we've done, and I can't tell you specifically what kind of living things were involved with what we've been doing for obvious reasons. But we know for a fact that one exposure can elicit a bunch of reactions over a long period of time. Often there is a delay and the signal can go long before the manifestation takes place. So there's a group of waveforms that are used and it's a type of actual manifestation versus time of exposure, and it has something to do with the waveform that's used with the environment and the specific characteristics of the target it's used on. It's really a very complex relationship. We have a pretty good handle on it after all this experimentation but I cannot go into the details with you. How many different machines are you talking about? Well, there's two different classes of machines. In the two classes there's probably dozens of different specific designs if not hundreds. We don't pretend we've gone to every design but we'll work within range. Well, how small can these be? The smallest we've seen, the transmitting unit, is about the size of a pack of cigarettes. And how large? We haven't built the largest yet. It's unlimited. It could be as large as, practically speaking, we've built them four to six feet in diameter for low-frequency ones. Have you ever heard of a device that looks like a few old-fashioned bicycle bell-shaped things, but with a much larger diameter stacked up on each other? Some of the antenna structures used for these are like hemispheric. Have you built a patent on any of these devices you've built? No, we absolutely cannot patent any device we've developed. If we patent it, all somebody has to do is look out the patent and steal the technology. Everything we do is strictly based upon special arrangements with the people that we work with, a trade secret kind of thing. We don't patent anything, that'd be crazy. It's just something we could never do. You work with private businesses? We work with all types of entities, private businesses and individuals. Government agencies? No. Other entities we cannot describe. Government agencies? We work with other entities we cannot even begin to describe. Wackenhut Corporation, maybe? We work with different entities from various countries all over the world. So if you're just an all-American entrepreneur who sells this stuff to practically anybody except convicted felons, not really to anybody. If a person says or implies he's going to use it, we develop for illegal or moral or unethical use, then we don't sell it to them. If he says he's just going to use it for this experimentation, we have no way of verifying what he's going to do with it. Just like you go down the street, and go to a town, and have to buy a gun in a food shop, and the guy sells you the gun and doesn't know if you're going to shoot rabbits with it or you're going to go out and shoot your mother-in-law. He has no control over what you're going to do with it, nor should he have any. Can the use of all these devices be detected by monitoring equipment? Some of them can, some can't. The Reasons being that some of these devices send out a signal in the form of a short pulse. If you used like field strength detector, it would show a little bit of static on the radio or a little bit of switching noise or something like that, but it would not give the impression that it was an actual signal or an actual weapon. We know what to look for we've developed special equipment for doing it we do that as part of our consulting work we know how to distinguish between ordinary static and or what is an actual weapon i'm going to tell people about this i'm going to refer you to others and i will give you an address and number what kind of rates do you get right now all expenses and about 250 an hour minimum thousand dollars deposit i've got an ad here it's one page That's our ad, but let me tell you what our policy on publication is. We'll allow up to 10% paraphrasing without any special permission as far as providing publications. The person who's doing the story pays everything up front. We do have certain requirements that our name or address is provided in the piece of paper that they're doing. We've heard from some survivors things about ETs and UFOs. What about UFOs? We have an unknown presence detector. Anything that warps the static field in your environment will show up on this. It doesn't detect the electromagnetic field, it detects the static field. Anything that moves through an area moves the static field. You've got high voltage devices, what are those? Current in photography, spark generators, own zone producers, fish detectors, any number of high voltage. What's the blaster or zapper? Uh, There's a light blaster, it triggers a photo flash on a random basis but also an electromagnetic blaster. You sell stun guns, Uh, tell me about those. That's a high voltage thing, bigger or smaller than a taser. Ours have special features. Uh, How many volts? Voltage isn't the consideration, delivery of energy is, it should be about 200 volts. It can knock somebody down, if the person were tweaked up it could kill them. How about amnesia producing? And these are results from high voltage, yes. Several months later, having studied Consumertronics literature, I called Williams back with more questions. We were engaged in interviewing people, not only for this book, but for the video we were doing. We're making a documentary now, and we've interviewed about 40 people who have had your handouts, and some of them have had your estimates, ranging from a few hundred dollars to 12,000. I don't know what they're telling you, but from my point of view, they're all suffering from the same thing. I think maybe you're missing the point by not producing some universal device, some off-the-shelf item that helps them all. We already have those machines. We have produced jammer machines that will produce jamming signals for any type of electronic waveforms that might be aimed at a person. We have a couple of publications which describe what people can do to minimize the effects, and we've done a lot of specialized projects for people we are actually investigating their environment as well. We have a lot of very specialized equipment. We're about the only people in the world that can help people with things like this. They're not just field strength meters or normal things like Private Detective would use. We know what they look like. We know what waveforms they are. We've designed special equipment to detects them. We can also detect them being able to read the normal equipment correctly. We know the characteristics of these waveforms. Basically, it's one of those things. We're in great demand, and we've already spread ourselves very too thin. We make big money for everything, so we do. So we do very well. So if somebody wants to hire our service to do it, we have to charge them a lot of money. I get paid very well. But since most of the people I've found are describing the same thing, there must be some way to adapt equipment or manufacture something that works for all of them, cheaper than 12000 treatment. You could go out in a location and measure and test all of that. The problem is, they may be suffering from similar manifestations, but the type of equipment at use and the motivation of the people using that equipment can be quite varied, that you really need somebody on site to look at it. Some of the equipment is highly directional, it can be aimed at a person thousand feet away, even up to a couple of miles if the signal is strong enough. Some of the people believe that they are targeted from satellites, well there is. satellite itself would not probably produce a signal that is strong enough to adversely affect someone however it can produce a signal that would trigger a device on the ground that could do the same thing. They've called it the mental telepathy system and they're complaining about two-way conversations they're not just hearing voices their voices are answering their questions engaging them in dialogue. Well that's one of the common complaints I've heard. We know for a fact Now I have to be careful what I'm saying here. We have, we do work for all types of different entities and there are certain entities that we do work for both in countermeasure and the actual production of devices that can do these type of things. We have confidence and we do so. We have very careful what we say. But we can tell you for the fact there are quite a few people who have implantables. They're being affected by these implantables. They're very small, they're very hard to detect and they're all different kinds there are some that just transmit data from the person including including a biological type data medical data like heart rate blood pressure or it could be the data coming off their nervous system their muscles their vocal cords so thing anything that can say they can picked up or transmitted also there could be transceivers some of them are fairly complex using computer chips that are highly miniaturized we know this for a fact we believe that there are numerous people in this country have the implants in them somewhere along the line they were hospitalized or they have a period they can't account for their lives they took a drive someplace on monday morning and then they come back thursday afternoon and don't have the faintest idea of what happened in between missing time we know for a fact that a lot of this work is done by entities that we have no direct knowledge about ourselves but from the type of manifestations that are occurring and from other things we've seen We know that there are certain things that are certainly being done by people in highly secretive positions in the United States or operating from a foreign country, or maybe even ETs for all we know. I was going to ask about your use of the word entities. Some of the people who were experiencing this have raised a question about ETs. It's very similar. The devices, however, are quite varied in function and in different positions placed in the body in different planks of time and duration. Most are transceiver type devices, but there are some that are just transmitters and some that are just receivers. The functions they perform are form type of control to monitoring as well. They're very sophisticated in their transmission. Instead of transmitting in a continuous way where you say something and then it's transmitted, they store the data for some time and they blurt it out in a compressed form and then it's stretched out. Whatever receives it stretches it back out, so they're very hard to detect. To the untrained ear, they sound like radiostatic to a field strength scanner, it's hard to find them. We do a lot of work, some of what we can't even begin to talk about. Do you ever work for John Alexander at the laboratory? John Alexander, I can't tell you that name, I don't know who that is. We're making a film and we're looking for things to show. Can you boil a lab animal's brain with a ray gun or something like that for the cameras? I've got a problem with that because some of the people I work with, you see, a lot of this stuff is not supposed to become well known. We can stay in one area with you and we can talk about the defensive side of things, the reason you came up, uh, countermeasures. The whole area of non-lethal weapons is wide open right now. As you know, a lot of it is public knowledge. They're selling these so-called non-lethal weapons to local police forces. Yeah, but there's certain aspects of the work they don't want us to talk about. When do you need this? We have some devices here. We have one that will literally scramble the brain. It's a low frequency device, which at close range will literally scramble the brain. The trouble is it's omnidirectional. So to operate, you have to be pretty good distance away. The Problem is to get this thing to work, you have to use it on a living system where the nerves actually conduct in a normal way. And a dead system may not raise the temperature a little bit, but it does do any, doesn't do anything. But in a living system with the nervous operating, normally, with bloodstream running, where their signal couples into the bloodstream and the nervous system, then it can cause the brain to literally, you know, it's an incredible sight. How far away do you have to be? You can use a telephoto lens and get far away. I would say at least 100 feet at a minimum because it's omnidirectional. The problem is, what do we use as a subject? A rat or something? We have in the past gotten into that. Because we do a lot of lab work we have in the past received legal threats from people who don't want us to do any of that type of work to a rabbit or anything else you might bring a rat but it puts us in a bind we do demonstrations but maybe three to six a year the people we select we carefully handpick they don't want to get into a film but they can see it with high-powered binoculars you might use the video to sell your product It'd be a national ad. We've got a problem with that too. We've got so much business right now we have to turn away business. We've had problems with these people because they get it on us for killing precious animals. You mean like the Society for Prevention of Cruelty to Animals? I can't tell you exactly but yeah I think it's those people or something like them. The problem is if you show on the air an animal which is perfectly live and normal and all of those suddenly blood is gushing out of its eyes and nose and ears then they're going to people who are going to be upset about it. There was one film we made up in Wyoming a number of years ago, I've seen it, it was pretty graphic. It was shown by one of our clients. You see, we maintain confidentiality with the people we work with, so this might have been our information purposes only type of thing, like our demonstrations aren't open to the public. Also, another problem is some of the clients we work for, we can't obtain too high a profile. If we get too well-known on other people start snooping around and it makes our clients nervous if suddenly there are people parked outside our door with video cameras and that's what always happens and these people are people one doesn't want to upset and for a number of different reasons so I can't do it. We've been doing this work for quite a bit of time and how long have you been doing this? We've been doing this similar type of work for about 15 years now more intensely over the last 10 years. We actually go back to 1971 Basically, our sketches of ideas go back that far. Why did you settle in Almorado? Because the market is there? No, there's no market here. 95% of our business is done out of state. We settled in Almorado for good reasons. I got a job offer from the Air Force over there. It was the kind of job I really wanted to get involved with because it does have some of the very interesting research to it. We were able to get a job through special contact, through a client. We were in a much more populated area, and they wanted us in a much more isolated area, so we came down here. It offered a lot more opportunity, both the job and the fact that we were off the beaten trail, so that's the reason we moved over there. I have to talk to the people around here first. You'll have to send us a proposal of what you want to do in writing. I couldn't tell you. That'd be up to you to set up. Basically, we're interested in mind control. You'd have to be screened by our people. It's very scary stuff and we have to do it in such a way as nobody's going to accidentally wander into it cause problems with personnel or people are going to be upset. This is so far beyond mind control. It's a waveform that is so great it would cause physical manifestations. Like you have a 60 hertz power transformer. It will buzz but at much less power you won't get anything out of it. So at lesser powers these things can cause mind control type stuff which does not result in any total or physical damage to a person but when you get it beyond a certain point you can cause tremendous amounts of problems to people you can cause injury or you can cause death we know for a fact that because we have built equipment like this it's kind of bulky and heavy but it's not something we can easily transport that radar type gun you told me about might be interested the big one is low frequency the radar type gun is high frequency For the type of radar generators that we use, basically gun diode oscillators, they don't produce enough power to do any scrambling, but they're really good at causing nausea and all types of mind control, automatic learning, and things of that nature. They're very good for that, but you're not going to find any permanent physical manifestations. They won't cause a person to drop dead or something. The lower frequency application, which works on much different people and different principle, works on a magnetic component of a field as opposed to electronic component that's the one that's really uh, the radar type is highly directional and you can control that a lot better But the low frequency one is not directional and you can't control that it's ultra low frequency and it splashes all over the place you don't want to be in the area when it happens the whole area is dangerous the field of course has lobes which are much stronger in some directions than others but is present in all directions send us some information in the mail Who are, who are you? What's your background? Tell us what you're doing and the place you're going to be doing it and I'll run it by the people here. How many people you got working there? That's confidential. We don't provide that information. Is there any laboratory scene or with bubbling tubes or wires or oscillopes? We have a number of people here and a number of people that have stable experts. We have a number all over who we've consulted with. Basically however, we don't have a large number of people here doing any work. We have a small number small-scale manufacturing and research and development and we have enough to do the work but I can't tell you uh, three or four guys at a bench I can't tell you that whether those guys or gals I cannot give you any kind of information like that I cannot let you film our benches or look at our equipment we never do that it's closed to the general public basically we're consultants by mail or by phone we don't meet with the clients we meet them only over the phone we never sit down with clients we never invite them in never see what we're producing until it's actually produced now and then however we'll sell somebody something some demonstration equipment to set it up and demonstrate it for them and that's only when we're really highly trusted with a special client i cannot go into anything further with this until i get something in writing from you include a copy of your driver's license yeah sure john although john williams advertises a novel he's written condemned to extinction I didn't get the impression that he was all that eloquent. While his catalog is clean and well written, Williams speaks elliptically and often uses the wrong verb tenses. Got the impression that he was, ironically, an open and honest individual. He's more of an engineer than a storyteller or wordsmith. So, when I saw an ad saying dreamscaping, or one that says shocking truth behind UFOs and ET sightings, secret massive international efforts to. Communicate with ETs and the New World Order, recent and current visits and probings, and the prospect of large ET visits or attacks on Earth in the near future, it makes me think that Williams knows more than he lets on. He's something more than just another techie. Perhaps Williams travels in circles that allow him to glimpse strange vistas that start just on the other side of national security and span all the way to the other horizons. To live up to the agreement I made with John Williams, the address and phone numbers of Consumertronics are the following: 2011 Crescent Drive, P.O. Box, Drawer 537, Alamogordo, New Mexico, 88310. You can access Consumertronics' onyx website. The type of weapons Consumertronics sells play a role in mind control and lower-powered use, as Williams said. But we've learned from a letter from a Lurkett. Also, you can be used in conjunction trauma-based programming here follows one of the many letters received by the freedom of thought foundation it is now about 3 a.m. and my apartment and me and my children are being bombarded by some type of directional energy my eight-year old son just woke up about 30 minutes ago having wet the bed and usually happens when this stuff is so strong several people suggested that I contact you about possible help for our predicament I am a member of the Mothers Against Sexual Abuse here in Redacted. I have tried over the last two years to find out what I could about what is happening to us and how to combat it. I have reached many dead ends. I was told that a Dr. Bob Beck might be able to help us, but the person who agreed to contact him for me said that he wasn't going to get involved in any more cases like ours. That is correct. Dr. Beck is in poor health and no longer able to work with him as he was in the past. Very briefly, the nightmare puzzle of my life was brought clearly into focus about this time of year in 1992 when a therapist that I had been referred to by MASA board member was able to fit the horrible scrambled pieces of my children's experiences together as ritual abuse. We had known that the children had been sexually molested by their father on unsupervised court ordered visits and we suspected there was something else but nothing prepared me for what it was finally disclosed. I don't know why this is happening to us and I don't understand how it would have helped our court case to protect the children from their father and his group of people. If we had been able to show them how we were being monitored and manipulated at times it seemed that just for my own sanity, I needed some type of proof that what I and and what we were experiencing is verifiable. Now I just want to find out how to more effectively deal with it. My former husband is an electrical engineer who worked for a defense contractor here in Redacted. One of the women in his group that has children identified as a perpetrator also worked for that same company. I appreciate talking directly at your convenience. I'm now losing my vision in both eyes to rapidly developing cataracts which the doctors cannot explain. The extreme sensitivity to light which I experienced was met with the question of whether I had been exposed to any radiation. I certainly think so, but I can't prove it. Short of killing me outright in order to get control of the children, I believe I'm being rendered physically incapable of protecting them. I can't imagine what is next. I called this woman. And suggested that she pack up and leave in the middle of the night. She said she couldn't because she's in court fighting with her ex-fuzzin, the former electronics engineer. He doesn't have to purchase an ELF or microwave weapon from Consumertronics. He probably could build one himself from his own plans from Williams. Since there's no patents on invisible weapons, the designs are in the public domain anyway. This woman told me on the phone that, in addition to having the cataracts, she had burns on her shoulders. It sounds as if her ex is turning the beam up too high. If he cared to take the trouble to modulate, he could be giving her subliminal commands. She said that she had been sleeping under tin foil, but that it was just not doing much good. I told her it's hard to defend against invisible weapons unless you know their frequency. I put her in touch with someone who may be able to help. This case, I believe, illustrates the dangers of unregulated, so-called non-lethal weapons. You'll find a number of advanced technologies for control of human behavior and mind control at the U.S. Patent Office.